Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 30, October 22nd, 2022. So glad you could make it. Well, I did have a good time doing the uh, That One Thing podcast last week, and so kind of just continuing the theme this week, but instead of one thing, the three things. Um, just about, I think we have 17 categories, so we'll split it up about halfway for a little halftime fun, and uh, we'll see. Of course, you can see the time. Already, when you start to listen, been averaging right at 30 minutes. This one could go longer. We will see how much rambling I get into. The first category are the three places that I want to go. And one is back to Glacier National Park. Um, Sarah and I drove around the country right before Sam was born, and we did spend a little bit of time in Glacier, but for the most part, we just drove through it, which is magnificent in itself. The going to the sun road is what it's called, and it really is phenomenal. But I would like to go back to Glacier and do some hiking. I'm not much of a camper type guy, but uh, I'd love to hike in and take some walks and do some of that type of stuff back in Glacier. The, The second place is the place I haven't been, and that's Acadia. National Park up in Maine. I've I've been to Boston, um, but I just flew in there. I've not driven and seen the the coast up there in the Northeast. Never been to Vermont or New Hampshire. Pretty much, you know, most of the rest of the country I've been to, other than the Utah area, which could have made this list as well. But instead, for number three, the places I want to go, I want to go on fish tour. <laughs> um, I actually really. I don't know, a little bit flirted with looking into tickets and hotels and flights and all that kind of stuff for the New Year's run up at Madison Square Garden because seeing fish at Madison Square Garden would be, yeah, that'd be good. Um, But I think I'll hold off on that one for this time, but definitely can't wait until spring dates come out and anything that's within, I don't know, six hours, eight hours. I'm probably going to make the drive, so let's go. The second category are things that I want to end. Um, Number one is my irrational fear. I guess it's irrational fear of going to the doctor. Um, Although, I tell you what, the more people I talk to, I'm definitely not alone in this particular thing. I know what we got going on. I mean, there's a lot of things that we develop with our mortality and wondering about what diseases we got and trying to avoid all that thinking, or maybe that is just me. Um, I I do have to say, and apologies for real, like I I have a lot of people that work in the medical profession and are just phenomenal people. I know what their motives are, but there is this sense that the like traditional medical industry, they are looking to do all the tests and send you for this scan and that scan. And I don't want all that. I mean, I, I, again, I know it's irrational because 
if they find the stuff, then they can help you and, and whatever. But um, I'm more of a trying to be healthy kind of guy and whatever. I'm, I'm sure I'm just rationalizing it away, but I do kind of want that to end. I, I, the second thing I want to end are partisan school board races. And that's something that's kind of new here in North Carolina. Our Republican legislature uh, made part of, made school board races partisan a couple of years ago. And we're seeing that in our county right now with people are just going to vote for people because they're Republican. And like the Republican, you know, this one liner political culture, which I hate on both sides. Like I, I, if you think that you're political and, and smart and savvy and all that kind of stuff, and you're just retweeting or posting a meme or whatever on Instagram with a, with a one liner comeback or whatever, like, that's not it. That's not it. And I want all that to end. And unfortunately, it's made its way into school board races, which, I mean, honestly, really don't have much to do with the national political parties. Anyway, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. I'm hopeful that a couple of people that just because they have their a D beside their name can can perhaps win because of their lifetime of experience and service. Anyway, another thing I want to end is this um, clenching my jaw and my neck, like that's where I hold my tension. I've uh, been trying to do some, some exercises and some, you know, some meditation techniques and things like that to try to release all that kind of stuff and, and, and discover maybe why my tension goes there or what is the tension that's going there. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely where I hold it. Um, the next category are things that in, instead of things I want to end things, I want to continue. And number one is the Electoral College. I, I hear the arguments that it's outdated, and I definitely understand the argument that smaller states and smaller populations have more of a say-so per person. I think Wyoming, with 500,000 people, gets about 1.5 or 1.6 electoral votes per person than California does that has 50 million people. Um, so I, I do understand that it's not a true democratic process, but I, I and, and and I would be okay with ending the filibuster in the Senate to make that chamber more democratic. But the Electoral College, I think, is, I think it's valuable because I think it does require the majority that does move quickly, the masses that do move quickly to be held in check and I'm not here for a lot of the rural you know I'm not I'm not really here for the beliefs that they're holding on to especially the way that that those folks are being I think manipulated by the national machine into again this one-liner meme type anger and rage and all this kind of stuff but but there's something to small town there's something to you know rural values that we I think should hold on to. So I think the electoral college should continue. Uh, another thing I hope that continues is my kids playing tennis. Um, you know, Sam is in college now and I don't know how much tennis he gets to play in Boone when it's 35 below zero up there. But uh, I do hope that at some point he plays again in some tournaments and I can't wait until uh, Sydney gets back after a little bit of a rest from the, from the season and gets back out on the courts and, and Isaac as well. I hope that they are able to get into some tournaments, some UTR tournaments. I think I used to call them UTI, but that's a different thing. Um, 
I love watching my kids play tennis, man. It's just, oh, I mean, I love it. I, you know, I've got whole podcast episodes about it. Number three uh, things I want to continue is is the way I teach. And I just say that because I definitely in my 20th year, two thirds of the way, you know, towards retirement, um, I could easily see how uh, people can fall into the routine, how you can fall into just mailing it in, um, just getting your paycheck. You know, I'm not saying they they don't love the kids, but it does require a lot of energy and there are a lot of obstacles. And sometimes it feels like we're banging our heads against the wall for a variety of reasons. But, um, you know, like I've had students in my class recently say, it just seems like that we don't do anything in here. And I, I take that as the biggest compliment because I know where we are. And I've been doing this for two decades and I know what preparation is necessary for the AP exams. My scores are always really good. Um, whatever. Um, I, I know what it means to let a classroom breathe and that you can't just you can't just force the curriculum every single day at least not you gotta you gotta respect the ebbs and flows of the classroom you gotta develop trust and mutual respect and that that may take nine weeks it has for me in some of my classes um, but just this past Friday, I got to give a, a decent talk uh, about redeeming, you know, the Grinch. I've talked about that a little bit last week. He was redeemed. And so it, this Christmas, if you call somebody a Grinch, say it in love, say it in, in hope. Um, but I, I translated that into what do we think about when we think about politics and politicians? And that has a negative connotation to it. It drives a lot of people away. We'll be lucky if we get 50% turnout. Um, of people that can vote. Most people don't want to participate. They just don't care. They've been turned off by it all. And I understand politicians have a reputation for a reason. But it's, you know, politics at its root is, it's us. We're the polity. It's the people. And, and we live in a system in which the people get to decide if they will. And how do we develop power and uh, or share power and how do we share resources and, and, and where are we going to put our priorities and all that kind of stuff. But, but also there's this aspect to it of public service. And my kids in AP government are working towards developing contacts with second grade classes where they're doing live Zooms, reading books, acting them out, having a wonderful time. They're launching uh, fundraisers where they can create book nooks around town as well as uh, book bundles for kids that don't have those sponsoring kids with uh, uh, with needs that don't have you know the means to go to the book fair. Y'all remember the book fair? Man, I remember the book fair. But anyway, um, we're, we 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 got to have each other's back, and 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 the way that I teach, I try to teach that with the curriculum. I do that for sure. But you know, these kids are coming from a lot of different places and a lot of different situations, and they're experiencing loss. And we're clawing our ways out of the pandemic where we had to do all this seemingly isolated and in, and in some ways in reality isolated. Um, but developing this notion that we are here for each other, we are the polity, like redeeming the term politics, those types of things that I get to do. That's what makes my job um, a career, you know, a calling, whatever. Um, but I hope that I can continue to do that over the next 10 years. Things that I want to start. I want to start hiking to waterfalls. I've made that a 
resolution, I think, for the last couple of years. And, and you know, I've been to the one up by, uh, what is that one called? I can't remember. Um, before you get to Black Mountain, whatever. I've been to that one. It's cool. But I want to try to find, you know, a different one every month or two and hike to some waterfalls. Another thing I want to start is is counseling. Like, uh, I got I got a lot of things, man. I got a lot of things. And I know that's why I have a clenched jaw and why I have a tight neck and why I can't let go or why it's very difficult for me to. I know the things that affect and impact my identity, things from a long time ago that I have avoided and tried to suppress and things that have happened just from a couple of years ago and whatever, like the whole thing of life. And I, I, I need I need to start that. And I know the value of it. And I know also how stubborn and resistant I am. And I need somebody. I kind of know what I want, but I need, I need a guide. So anybody has a, a recommendation? Anyway, the, the, the third thing I want to start are pickleball courts. And there's some pickleball courts at the Y, and that's fine. But we've got these little league fields down around town. And I don't want to necessarily get rid of those completely, but I think we got a great spot for some outdoor uh, pickleball courts. And it's kind of a thing that's that's taken off. And Kevin Durant bought a, a pickleball franchise, so I'm thinking about reaching out to him and uh, seeing if he wants to invest in Boiling Springs, maybe uh, build us some pickleball courts. Um, I've never really been – Never really played pickleball. Uh, maybe in 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 high school PE was that pickleball? Was it? Did we call that wall ball? I don't remember. Three or the next three things is other jobs that I've had. I've been a teacher, like I said, for for twenty years. the The first real job I had was at the Coca Cola uh, Coca Cola bottling plant in Shelby. And I was like, I don't remember, freshman year at at, at Gardner-Webb, which was like my second freshman year. And uh, I think that's where it was. I, I remember making like seven bucks an hour, which I guess is still the minimum wage. But anyway, um, I had to count the trucks when they came in. In other words, like the, they would they would go out and sell the different pallets. And I learned, you know, how many were in each pallet. I could just raise up the doors by the time I got into it a couple of months and count how many you know, bottles they sold and make sure it squared up with their paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And then, but, but then another part of my job was to check for out of date uh, bottles. And then I had to dump those out of dates into this big bin, uh, big tank, you know, out back. And there were just a billion bees swarming around, but I never did get stung. That was pretty good, but I was always wary of it. And I also know that what these cans and bottles look like in the warehouse. And so that's why I always wipe the top of my can off. But uh, anyway, um, another job that I've had, um, maybe I've mentioned this before, but when, when we first got married, I was, or when I got out of college, um, I was a part-time youth pastor at Sandy run. And wow, that was, that was really something. I've never been much of a like pizza party and, you know, cake kind of guy. I've never been like, let's get them here with the pizza parties and the cake. I, I just want to teach and that didn't really work out because that's not really how youth groups seem to work. And um, we did have a lockout one time. Oof, that took some years off my life. Uh, it didn't really end well as things with churches often don't, I guess with me anyway, maybe that is just me. Um, number three is I, I had a, what was called DT's cleaning service. I was self-employed there for 
a little while, I had uh, DT's cleaning service, and I had, what did I have? I had one, two, three, four houses on the regular that I would clean for, for 80 bucks a pop, man. That was that was pretty good money to clean, you know, once every week or two. And I would do a deep clean of all the stuff. Bathroom take me about three hours. Um, often I would use the rainbow vac, but like getting into the nooks and crannies of the of the little toilet seat things and the and the and and I had some other houses that that I picked up too. Some of y'all are nasty, and I will say that I I did make it my policy that to never comment on somebody's house uh, to someone else while I was doing the DT's cleaning service. But there was one house that I did have to comment on. And also probably ran me out. I made enough money to, to buy a couch and then I quit. But I still do love cleaning my house. The next thing um, is clothing items that are my fave. Thanks, thanks y'all for sending in these categories. Um, most of these are not ones that I came up with myself. They're they are ones that uh, were sent in by my faithful tens of listeners. But um, number one has got to be my Birkenstocks. You know, I've been wearing them since junior year in high school. It's not something I've come to uh, recently. Gabe Wisnett for sure started the trend. And, um, but the Arizona 43 suede tote, that's me. I get a a new pair about every two years because I wear them really just about every day. I'll hike in them. I'll do whatever. Uh, They're the best, man. They fit your feet. I like them. Um, The next thing are, are pretty new. And these are these things, I guess they're called joggers. I don't know. I call them tapered. They're tapered at the bottom for sure, and I don't even know what this material is made out of. These are bay leaf, B-A-L-E-A-F, but they got like vents on the side, and they got cool zipper pockets, but you got to be easy with the zipper. They they will kind of get hung up, but but I got the style down. You can sit in the sand with them, and when you stand back up, like it it doesn't stick, and they're, they keep you cool in the summer, and they're not like they keep me warm, at least underneath other pants in the winter. Um, but man, I love these things so much. I wear them every, every single day there. The next thing, and I'm so glad that it finally got cold because just maybe last year I became a scarf guy and, uh, now I am wearing my scarf and we've got an event tonight uh, in town and I can't wait to wear my scarf. And, uh, I went to read to some kids yesterday and they said it was a Slytherin scarf. So last time I had a Hufflepuff tie on and this time I had a Slytherin scarf. And that's why I told him I really was Harry Potter. The next thing is new things that I do. And the first one has to do with my morning routine. I did, like, I stopped drinking caffeine for the most part. I'm not swearing off coffee, but I am not drinking it every single day. I think that when I go to a coffee shop or when I have a cup of coffee at your house or something like that, it's going to just be really amazing. Um, but I did cut back on the caffeine and, uh, I've been drinking this stuff called mud water, which is an adaptogenic mushroom blend. I did a lot of research on this stuff. I'm on day four, um, one, three, and four. I I think I really can tell the difference in my energy levels and my focus and all that kind of stuff. Um, day two, I was really tired. So I don't know what happened there, but I'm going to keep track of it. And, but, but maybe also like I've been waking up at five, this is a part of new things that I do as part of my, my morning stretch routine. Like I found this native American flute music and man, it is just really awesome. And I I do my yoga stretches or whatever. I've kind of made up my own routine. It's stretches that I, I developed when I hurt my back um, last year 
But getting up and doing those stretches and going through that ritual, reading Thich Nhat Hanh for the day, maybe dipping into some young Pueblo, uh, reading this book called Light, which is really good too, um, a Wendell Berry poem or something like that. And then and then the mud water, which it it doesn't taste bad. It tastes okay. It's just got this grit in it, like you really are drinking dirt. Um, I used their packet that they gave me today with coconut milk, powdered coconut milk, and MCT oil. And that actually made it a lot smoother and, and, and maybe gave me a lot more energy. But uh, that's been a pretty cool addition. Um, like I, I definitely just been waking up at five without any kinds of alarm. The second thing I um, started to do is reading to the kids, you know, and I've been going to read to second graders just about every Friday for the past month or two. And it's just, oh man, it's fantastic. And when I tell them I teach at the high school, all the kids, they raise their hands and they're like, do you know, uh, do you know my sister? And Do you know my brother? And then I'm like, I, maybe, but I did know some of them this weekend. They were really excited about that. But this whole thing is just, I, I'll be honest with you, like for, for a couple of times I've thought about what would it be like to go back and get my licensure to be able to teach elementary school maybe for the for the next, you know, for the last 10 or uh, eight years or something like that, maybe six. I definitely want to stay up there until my kids get out of high school, but uh, I don't know, man. That's a, that'd be a whole different animal. Um, the, the next or the final thing and new things I do is, is hiking the birch trail down at the river. And that thing takes me about 45 minutes to go around. Um, or maybe once I get on it, it's, it's about 32 to 34 minutes. I'm doing about a mile in about 16 minutes but that first half is all uphill and that gets my heart rate up to about 160 and then i'm coasting down and there's always deer out there not always but almost every time there's deer in the woods that run away but sometimes now i can't sneak because the the leaves are too crunchy but um anyway the hike in the birch trail i i i do like it because it's quiet and it's out in the woods and there's some different perspectives it's not by the river. And so when I come out and I'm back to the river, it's that sound that I love so much. Last one before halftime. And, and, and I can see that this one is going to, this one's going to run long, but these are three things that I want to do as mayor. Um, one of them is I want to build connections with the Earl Scruggs center to the town of Boiling Springs. Um, I'm a board member at the Earl Scruggs center as well. And they just do fantastic stuff. Um, what a great group of people, Mary Beth Martin, um, uh, is just a phenomenal leader. I mean, so much energy and drive and she's doing great things with them serving the community. They're involved with pals as well. I mean, they're involved with so much. I got a good story about that at halftime, but, um, you know, Earl Scruggs is from, he, he's a, he's a banjo bluegrass picker and, um, legendary, uh, you know, influenced Jerry Garcia, but it's from Flint Hill, which is just right down the road, right where the, right where I go to the river. And, um, anyway, I'm looking forward to, to building those ties. I, I, I'm looking forward to continuing to build like a walkable, you know, Wendell Berry type town. I don't mean necessarily, uh, with acres and acres of farmland, but, um, what I mean is where people are comfortable at home in, in the place where we build community and ties and we know each other. Um, because I, I think that's the antidote to this one-liner political culture that we've got that's so poisonous. Um, so like the event we have tonight with Music on Main and, and developing sidewalk trails and, you know, trails and sidewalks that connect and 
kind of develop this downtown loop and all that kind of stuff. The, the third thing is I want to connect with Gardner-Webb University a little bit better. I'm an, I'm an alum. I graduated in 2001. I graduated in 2007 with my master's. I grew up there on campus. My parents worked there forever. You know, my dad was there for 43 years. It's a tough thing for me because my dad was there for 43 years. My dad got cancer and couldn't pass his, I mean, he, he wasn't able to qualify on the shooting range because of his weaknesses. And so therefore he didn't, I mean, you know, anyway, but Gardner Webb just, they just fired him, you know, and it was a bunch of BS and I'm still pissed about it. And it's tough because the, the you know, the, the relationship with the town and the college has always been off and on, but it's definitely rocky with the, some of the leaders that are, that are there now, but I want to put all that to the side as best we can, because what, what does William Jane say? Uh, you know, the best thing to do in life is to invest in things that are going to outlive you, that are going to outlast you. And I know that these things, these relationships between the college and the town are bigger than petty squabbles and real squabbles, ones that aren't even petty. Um, anyway, but I hope to do that too. All right, now I will make uh, halftime a little bit short if I can help it because uh, I can see where we may be pushing an hour on this one today. Uh, if you stick with this whole thing, and I will definitely be impressed. You'll have to let me know. The halftime thing, I just want to challenge you to do this. It's something I've tried to do a couple of times, but if you're right-handed, try to brush your teeth with your left hand, you know, and vice versa, with your off hand. My, you know, maybe you're like my son who can do things both. He's basically amphibious and he can do things with both hands, but you know, w what can you, um, it's, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. And maybe I think if you do it enough times, obviously you'll get better, but just think about it, do it the first time, brush your teeth with your offhand and laugh at yourself while you do it. Don't, but don't jab yourself. Um, I, I, I mentioned the Earl Scruggs thing and, uh, there, there's a gentleman there that works there. He was my principal. He was my, he was my high school history teacher and psychology teacher. And uh, now he's a board member with me at the Earl Scruggs center. Um, but he uh, leads tours with fourth graders through the museum and they do some activities with them and stuff like that. But uh, um, after they watch the video, one of the fourth graders comes up to Mr. Harrison says, Hey, are you Earl Scruggs? And Mr. Harrison said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not Earl Scruggs. If you remember in the video, they, it said that Earl Scruggs died. And, um, the little kid said, no, it didn't. It said we lost him. And yeah, man, that's pretty great. This little kid thought they lost Earl Scruggs and now they had found him. They found him. Um, anyway, uh, kind of a joke. I don't know if you, if people could take jokes anymore, but we've kind of been debating in our house. If the next civil war breaks out, then maybe it's between the MAGA group and Swifties with T Swift and Swizzle and all her new album that I mean sounds exactly the same over and over and over. I know people say that about my music too, but whatever, who you got, who you got. Well, we probably could just say that that was the end and this is about the right time, but whatever, man, I'm just going to keep going. I'll try to go through this kind of quickly, but the next three are the most beautiful scenes that I've ever seen. And one of them was in Polson, Montana, before we even got to Glacier. We were at a, a KOA, and uh, we played putt-putt there, and it was awesome. And we were sleeping in our cabin by then. Uh, we might still have been in tents at this point, sleeping. And uh, I had to get up in the middle of the night and pee, 
And so you had to walk to the bathhouse at like three in the morning, something like that. And so when I woke up though, the moonrise was just coming up over the mountains. It was like a, a full moon. I'm not even kidding. Or was it, it was at the moon set. I don't know. It was one of those. And then like the, the Northern lights were flaring. Oh my God. That was awesome. Oh man. I can't wait to get back to Montana. The next one is uh, at devil's tower. Is that in Wyoming? I think it's in Wyoming. Uh, when I was a college freshman at Gardner Webb, my second freshman year, um, we went on an out, outward trip, a, a trip out west with with some people, a group from Maryville College, and we hiked up to um, Devil's Tower. We hiked up to it, like to the base of it, and again, full moon going on, just stars all over the place because no light pollution at all out there. And uh, th- there was this, you know, there was this group of friends out there. Um, this girl Amy with an E A M Y E, which is a weird way to spell it. Dustin and uh, what was the other guy's name? Darren, I think, and. Um, his other brother Daryl, perhaps, but um, you know we're just friends, good people that I could that I could talk to. Um, the third one, oh man, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I've got to. Um, most beautiful scenes I've ever seen. It's when we dropped Sam off at college, and we were driving away, and we're in the parking deck, like an old dirty, nasty parking deck, and my three kids hugged each other with tears in their eyes, man. Oh. The human relationship is just beautiful. It's just beautiful through the struggles, through the good times. Like think about the amazing joy and the amazing whatever, what all kinds of emotions are going into that. The next thing, things I love about the iPhone, uh, the music. I love it. I love music and I'm always playing music and there's so many options on the iPhone. I love Amazon Photos, the app Amazon Photos, because I've dumped all of my old photos. I've got, I think, 12,000 of them in there, and, and it shows me the photo of the day. And uh, uh, that's pretty cool to look back on the on the memories from this day. Um, and I, I really am liking the watch, the Apple Watch, with the sleep monitors and the health monitors to uh, to just keep track of my fitness. I'm trying to, trying to get back, trying to be pretty firm 180. Uh, that's my goal for January 28th, 2023, when I will be 45. Um, three things I hate about the iPhone are the socials, how addicted I am to the socials and those red notifications, how many times I pick up the phone per day to check to see if there's one of those red notifications. Oh, come on, man. You're a grown man. This is uh, definitely one of the things I need to talk about in that counseling session is my need for affirmation um, and how a little red one can give it to me. The next one is, is my top three greatest personal sports moments. And I don't know, there's four of them. I'm not going to lie. But one of them is fourth grade basketball. It was my Michael Jordan game, man. I had like the, I don't know, I had to play with like cough drops, you know, my, my throat was so sore and I felt terrible. I don't know if I had a fever. Let's say I had a fever and I was playing and we were playing against Elizabeth and my rival at the time, Josh Carroll, now one of my best friends uh, in life. Um, but he played for Elizabeth and he was their star guard and I was the guard. And, you know, you can't press in the backcourt, but I had this nice little spin when you would come across. And, and all I had to do was get across half court and then pass it to the guys that were going to score. But we dominated, man. We dominated 50 to 24, completed the undefeated season. Um Went to Pizza in afterwards and had a great time, man. Uh, the second one is high school baseball, and, and this is kind of a 
a string, you know, senior night we played against Alexander Central in baseball and I had a couple hits, made a couple good plays at third, but definitely doubled to get on base. And then uh, Curtis Rayfield drove me home uh, to win the game. We came back and that was to win the conference. After starting off terribly in the first half of the season, we went on a run. And then into the uh, conference tournament, we also won the conference tournament against Alexander Central once again. I went four for four, made some plays at third, got the conference tournament MVP. Man, that was cool. That was cool. Baseball is fun. The third one is beating Isaac in tennis. I think I only beat him seven to five, and that's probably when he was in sixth grade. And that little dude, I'm sure, would whip me now, or at least he thinks he would. Um, I think he's been scared to to get out on the courts since I've got my joggers. But uh, maybe I'll be able to coax him out there once it warms up. The fourth one, I, I just had to add it in as honorable mention because I, I recalled it after I'd made the three. But I don't know what year it was. I think it – I don't remember. I think it's when the Broncos got beat in the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. But – the day before that, we had a flag football championship down at this place called the CDH, and uh, me and Tyler Kettering, and oh, uh, what was her name? I can't remember the girl's name that was on there, and my son Sam, who was, I don't know, sixth grade at the time, maybe, somewhere around in there. Oh, uh, we dominated. I was the quarterback. I mean, really, all I had to do was get it to Tyler, but um, oh, what was her name? I could see her face, but I can't remember her name, but she could catch it, and Sam caught some balls, and we, we went on a run. Speaking, so that's my greatest personal sports moments. Um, now we'll go to some most embarrassing moments. And thanks, Matt Worth, for having me talk about my most embarrassing moments. In eighth grade, I, eighth grade was just, wow. You know, that's when you think everybody's looking at you. That's when you think the whole world is, I guess you're just coming into a lot of understanding. But I had zits because I was in eighth grade. But also I was on the basketball team and Look, I was the stereotypical white guy. I don't mean to ruffle anybody's feathers, whatever, um, but, like, I was. I was not super fast. I couldn't jump. I wasn't Woody Harrelson, you know, and white men can't jump. But but I could I could play consistently, and I could hustle. And that's why I, I liked Duke from early on, because they would dive on the floor and slap the floor and all this kind of stuff. And I would do that in practice, and I got all these floor burns and the middle school gym and floor burns. And, yeah, I got staph infection. And the staph infection just jacked my zits up, man. And I don't know if the other kids were making fun of me as much as I remember that they were. But, like, yeah, I don't even know if I've ever told anybody this, but I definitely got my mom's makeup. Is that stuff called concealer? Whatever that brown stuff is that you put on your face. And I covered up my zits. That probably made it worse. Um, ninth grade basketball. Oh, man, I was the backup point guard. I sat on the end of the bench. Me and my friend Josh Lowry, we would be the commentators because we knew we were never going to get in. But we did get in. Like, we got in at the end of the game, you know, with trash time. But I mean, like, seconds left. And we didn't even want to do that. But but one time we were playing West Mech, and Sonny Bristol, who was an amazing point guard, he fouled out with 1.6 seconds left. And so I got put in the game and we're down by one point. Had to inbound the ball from full court. So they inbound the ball to me. I dribble, 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 dribble. Oh, across, just across half court. Jack it up. You know, if it goes in, we win. It doesn't go in. Oh, but I got fouled. So now I've got three free throws. Three free throws. All I got to do is make one, and I'm the hero. I send us to overtime. Make two, win the game. 
you know, I get carried off the court, you know, things like that. Now, first of all, let me say, I don't think you should be able to bang on the bleachers and make all that racket while I'm trying to shoot free throws. I don't think that's right. But yeah, missed them all three. All three. Okay. The third one, and, and I wanted to put the Grand Tetons in the places I want to go because I do want to go back to the Grand Tetons uh, with my family and hike back up to Lake Solitude. That's a thing that we did on that same trip where uh, we went to um, the, the Devil's Tower and we were hiking up. And, and, you know, my friend, that was a good person to talk to, Amy with an E, you know, maybe I was trying to show off a little bit. And so me and this guy, Dustin, we, we hiked around the lake and it was just snow covered. I mean, it's July, but there's snow all around. And I mean, on the hike up, there's just these colors of wildflowers that you've never even seen before. It's just stunning. And, and, and so we hiking around and I stepped into a snow drift and gashed my shin. Now I'm gushing blood. I'm having to pack it in the snow, you know, holding it all the way down. Um, yeah, I don't know what old Amy with an E thought about that. Uh, but anyway, the next one is ways to get warm, three ways to get warm. And, and we've had some you know, some debates about this. Would you rather be wet and warm or would you rather be dry and warm? Like, and, and for me, I go wet and warm. And that's why number one is the hot tub. The hot tub, you know, is what I'm talking about. And, and, and that's the best one. And, and if it's not going to be that way, like if it is got to be dry and warm, then for me, number two is to have the heat on blast in the car when it's cold out, but still with the sunroof open, you know, you still got your bogging on. I love that. And number three is campfire, but you got to have a big campfire because if it's cold out, then the back meat will get cold, you know? And so you got to rotate and that's the, that's the downfall of the dry and warm best moments in film. Uh, number one for me has got to be goodwill hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. What a, what a movie. Uh, it's, it's probably my all time favorite. The rant. I should have looked it up. I meant to look it up. But I don't want to spoil it for you anyway, because if you haven't seen Jim Carrey and it's not, is it Scarlett Johansson that's in The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Kirsten Dunst is definitely in it. Um, but if you haven't seen that, it's just really, really fantastic. And at the end, there's just this conversation that they have where she's like, we're all messed up, man. But that's the way it is. And we got it anyway. Oh, that's a good movie. And then, you know, when Rafiki... The sage uh, clocks Simba on his head and he looks into the reflecting pool and he remembers. He remembers who he is. He remembers that he's the son of the king. You know, he remembers that he's got to go back. That that Hakuna Matata isn't going to chase the hyenas out of the pride land. That he's got to remember who he is. That's a good part. Um, best days in the year. Trying to work quickly here. I don't know why. You don't have to listen if you don't want to. Um, best days in the year. Number one, I know I'm weird here and I'm going to be sad if it, if the Congress actually does go through with their, uh, uh, um, plan to end this thing, but I love time change. I love it. I love time change. I like getting excited about it about a week before I figured it out. Like I'll start the clock a day ahead or a little bit like this time. Not so much because this is fall back. It's just two weeks away. I love it. I love fall back. Like it just changes the whole scene, you know, like it's a whole brand new scene. Now it's dark at six, you know, but it's, it's light in the morning. I don't know. I'm a big fan, big fan. Um, best days in the year are the, the days of Martin Luther King Jr. Weekend, just because 
we have developed this tradition of going to Hilton Head with our dear friends, Matthew and Abigail. And this will be our 10th year of doing so. And I think we're going to get tats, um, HHX. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But definitely one of the best days in the year there. Number three is Boxing Day. And it's the day after Christmas. And I'm not a big fan of Christmas, but I'm working on it. Talk more about this at the end. Um, I talk about redeeming the Grinch and redeeming politics. I'm going to work on redeeming Christmas for me. I just, I don't like the way that I was during Christmas because I can see videos of myself being just a, a spoiled brat, you know, just stupid. And the whole, uh, like who gives the best? I just don't, it's not a big fan for me. Boxing day, the day after I'm glad when it's all over. Um, but I'm working on it. Okay. Uh, last one, last one. And that is smells top three smells. And number one is gardenia flower. It's man. So good. I haven't found a candle. I haven't found anything that, that actually replicates that smell, but we've got some gardenia bushes. And when those white blooms, Oh man, I just bend down and breathe deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, um, but I will say like the next morning campfire smell that's, that's left over on your clothes or in your hair. That's undefeated, man. That is good stuff. And number three right now, I have to say the, the BB dub, like the bath and body works, is it pumpkin cinnamon bun? Something like that. Oh man, it smells so good. I got the single wick when they had the buy two, get two free the other day. But so last night I was like, it smells so good. I'm going to get the big one. I get the three wick one, but I went on there to look, uh, but they didn't have it. They didn't have it and they didn't have it in their 1295 special, but they did have a 1295 special. So I did end up with three new candles. What did I get? Pumpkin patchouli, pumpkin clove, something salted butterscotch. Those all sound good too. I'm a sucker, man. I'm a sucker. I know it. BBW's got me. They got me hooked. Well, thanks for sticking with me for 42 minutes. This has been a Church of Six production. I got a new perspective on the Church of Six this week because uh, my friend, my friend Donnie, uh, helped me with this perspective. But uh, you know what? When I say the Church of Six, I'm talking about my five and you. You were the six. But now I think about it as well that I'm yours. I'm your six. And that these ripples that we create in these different churches, you know, like in the church where we're all each other's six, those ripples all intersect in a, in a beautiful pattern. But it's been a Church of Six production brought to you by the token of hope. This too shall pass. That token has been good for me as I'm driving. If I, if I get worried about something, I'll, I'll just tap that and it reminds me. The bucket of life, ours needs a refresher. Sometimes it gets cluttered with debris or the water gets cloudy or you run low on pebbles to toss in. So you got to refresh your bucket of life. Brought to you by the wall of belief, the foundation tower of stone, the magic rock. And we've got a new temporary sponsor for the next few months, and that is the paper chain of joy. But you'll have to tune in next week to find out more about this one. Don't forget to believe and be live. Peace, my friends. <laughs>